Welcome to Kingdom News, where you'll hear how God is influencing our region locally and globally. See how the Bible is relevant to today's news and learn how you can be involved with local faith events. Now here's your host, Tony Bosserman. And greetings, brothers and sisters in Christ. Again, this is the last week of the airing of Kingdom News. More details at the end of the show. But let's get right to the news. Shouldn't prayer be a part of a new presidency? Well, of course it should. And that's why the National Prayer Breakfast happens shortly after the inauguration. The 45th president of the United States took part in that first ever national prayer breakfast for him. And he said this, quote, Today we continue a tradition begun by President Eisenhower some 64 years ago. And Trump said this during the event that uh, brings prominent leaders, of course, from across America and around the world. The religious gathering takes place in Washington, D.C. on the first Tuesday of February every year. And Trump hailed the gathering as a testament of the power of faith and is one of the great customs of our nations. And, of course, uh, the left doesn't agree with that statement, but... You know, it's nice to hear that from a sitting president. Now, the event was also a chance for the president to thank the American people again for their prayers and encouragement. He said this, quote, your faith and prayers have sustained me and inspired me through some very, very tough times. All around America, I've met amazing people, he said, whose words of worship and encouragement have been a constant source of strength. And Trump said five words have continued to touch his heart as he travels around the country. You might get the chance to say these words to him. I'm praying for you. I am praying for you. Five words. And he said that that's been a constant source of strength for him and are words that never, ever fail to touch his heart. So he also took a moment during his address to honor the countless brave men and women who protect us here at home and in distant shores. He said this quote from generation to generation Their vigilance has kept our liberty alive. Our freedom is won by their sacrifice, and our security has been earned with their sweat and blood and tears. God has blessed this land, said President Trump, to give us such incredible heroes and patriots. They are very, very special, and we're going to take care of them. Trump called America a nation of believers and insisted that it was not material success that defined us as citizens. And that phrase, very important, that we are a nation of believers. Remember that President Obama said the United States is not a Christian nation. Took a lot of flack for it. But we are a nation of believers, says Donald Trump, in towns and across our land. It's plain to see uh, what we easily forget, that the quality of our lives is not defined by our material success, but by our spiritual success. And then he said this, quote, I will tell you as somebody that has had material success and knows tremendous numbers of people with great material success, many of these people are very miserable, unhappy people. And he highlighted his own relationship with people who don't have much yet, saying, quote, they have great faith. They don't have money, at least not nearly to the extent. And they're happy. Those, to me, are the successful people, I have to tell you. And he wanted to express clearly today to the American people that his administration will do everything in its power to defend and protect religious liberty in our land. And I'll show you that he's not just a man of words but action. 
in the next story here. But Trump believes that all freedoms are sacred and that, quote, freedom is not a gift from government, but that freedom is a gift from God. And he said faith and trusting in God were key themes during you know, his, uh, his uh, speech. And as long as he, he said, as long as we have God, we are never, ever alone. So, again, encouraging words from the current sitting president, especially in light of the fact that your Bible says in Proverbs 29, verse 2, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. And, of course, we've never had a super righteous president, you could say. You know, these are men who have been part of the world, and the world has had its effect on them. But when they do things like this and embrace prayer, not only individually, but, uh, you know, collectively on behalf of the nation, you know, these are positive steps in the right direction. So a draft of an executive order on religious freedom is being considered by the Trump administration. This is where he's backing up his words with action. The order is entitled establishing a government-wide initiative to respect religious freedom. And it would expand the protection of religious freedom for any organization, including closely held for profit corporations, operated for a religious purpose, even if its purpose is not exclusively religious. So the proposed order would protect religious rights when there's a conflict on gay rights or abortion issues, according to a copy of the order acquired by ABC News. Here's what you need to remember and really get in your mind. The 14th Amendment, which, of course, guarantees equal protection under the law for all U.S. citizens, cannot negate the First Amendment. And that, of course, is the right to free speech and freedom of religion. And so equal protection under the law, yes, citizens should be tweeted, treated equally and, you know, with care and concern. But that doesn't mean that in the process, the First Amendment should be cast aside. People should be able to say why they don't agree with certain lifestyles publicly. They should be able to say that. And they should also be able to say, I'm not going to partner with you in a marriage that I cannot condone. And so this is very important that, again, the Trump administration is establishing a government-wide initiative to respect religious freedom. So, first of all, it would prevent some private companies from having to offer contraceptive coverage as part of their health plans. And secondarily, the order would also pave the way for tax-exempt groups to voice opinions on moral or political issues from a religious perspective, without losing their tax-exempt status. So that would marginalize the Johnson Amendment, which, of course, Trump said that he would like to overturn. And that means that uh, the ministry from the pulpit across America and every church can speak against and speak out against certain political issues and perspectives that, uh, you know, we haven't been able to do since the 1950s. Johnson Amendment was put in by then-Senator Johnson, later Lyndon B. Johnson, the president. 
So third, the order would form a working group in the Department of Justice whose job would be to look into potential religious liberty violations. Wouldn't that be helpful? And it puts people on notice that there's going to be a branch of the DOJ, the Department of Justice, that is going to be working on behalf of those whose religious liberty has been violated, you know, in many cases by people on the left. So what we're seeing here, of course, is a total transformation in our country, a shift back to the right, back to the idea of public debate, public discussion, you know, public uh, differences. And, of course, uh, you know, people don't want to see that or hear that on the left. And, of course, in the final segment of the program, we'll talk about uh, Milo Yiannopoulos, who, of course, was forced to cancel a speaking engagement at the University of California, Berkeley, uh, last evening. So we'll talk a little bit about that in a moment. But uh, your Bible says in Isaiah 118, Yahweh speaking, Come now and let us reason together. And Proverbs 18.15, in the Living Bible Translation, says the intelligent man is always open to new ideas. In fact, he looks for them. And Proverbs 25, verse 9 says, debate your case with your neighbor. So this is what we want to have in this country, healthy debate and discussions. They should be happening on our college campuses, but unfortunately they're not. Again, a little bit more of that in a moment. But Christians and Jews in Victoria, Texas, are working side by side to help their Muslim neighbors after their mosque was destroyed by a fire. So far, four churches have offered space for the Muslims to hold their services. Jewish community members walked into my home and gave me a key to the synagogue, says Dr. Shahid Hashmi, co-founder of the Victoria Islamic Center. So imagine this, a Jewish leader of a synagogue walking into the home of a leader of a mosque, handing him the keys and saying, go ahead and meet in our location on Fridays, which, of course, is their holy day. And so this tight-knit community of 65,000 rallied together to emphasize love and peace. And earlier this week, children from a local Catholic church marched to the mosque in what the Islamic Center called the human chain of love and peace. And students from the school also presented the mosque with a tree that will be planted in the grounds of the new mosque and prominently displayed to remind everyone of the beautiful moment. So again, the left says that uh, Jews and Christians and people on the right are anti-this, anti-that, you know, we hate everybody, this kind of thing. And yet uh, when these things happen, it is Christians that reach out and reach into their pockets and share and give like no others. Well, we've got to take a break, like I said, and uh, when we come back out of the break, uh, we'll talk a little bit about went on, what went on last night uh, in Berkeley and uh, what the biblical perspective is on such events. That's next on Kingdom News. And welcome back to Kingdom News. Conservative activist and journalist Milo Yiannopoulos was forced to cancel his speaking engagement at the University of California, Berkeley, last night after violent protests broke out. 
And he said that shortly after he arrived at the facility at which he was to speak, other people began arriving in black clothes and masks. Rocks were thrown. The ground floor of the building was breached. And his private security evacuated him. And he pointed out the perceived irony that such a massive protest that uh, tamped down on his free speech rights happened on an American college campus where supposedly we should be able to hear all sides of issues. And that's, of course, the way it used to be. College campuses were famous for debate and discussion. But uh, Milo says, quote, the left is profoundly antithetical to free speech these days, does not want to hear alternative points of view, he added. And he himself is gay. But he's a conservative in, uh, you know, a lot of these issues. And so he, you know, goes around as a speaker. And this is the way that he's treated. And it's happened uh, not only here, it happened over to UC Davis as well. It wasn't as violent there. But they don't want to hear the other side. Now, President Trump, probably you've uh, read his tweet, but he tweeted about this event. If UC Berkeley does not allow free speech and practices violence on innocent people with a different point of view, no federal funds, question mark. So the president right on top of it. And the university responded then by offering regrets for having to cancel the event and by asserting its commitment to the First Amendment, but not until the president tweeted those words out. And when you speak money, no federal funds, well, they stand up and they take notice. So Berkeley said Thursday, it, quote, deeply regrets canceling the event. It says UC Berkeley condemns in the strongest possible terms the actions of individuals who invaded the campus, infiltrated a crowd of peaceful students, and used violent tactics to close down the event. We deeply regret that the violence unleashed by this group undermined the First Amendment rights of the speaker as well as those who came to lawfully assemble and protest his presence. So for the 2015-2016 school year, the university received $370 million of your tax dollars in federal aid, according to the school's own website. So Trump's threat may send chills through other public universities across the country. According to the most recent data available, total federal obligations to universities and colleges in 2014 came in around $30.8 billion, as reported by the National Science Foundation. So again, $30 billion of our tax money of you know taxpayer money your money and my money that we send in in taxes going to these liberal colleges and universities that don't even want to allow the first amendment to play out to individuals that are invited and by the way uh, conservatives are invited to speak at these liberal universities about um, you know one twelfth as many times as liberal speakers are invited. So again, that shows the bias that is out there. Is it any wonder then that our young people grow up with liberal thinking and liberal values? I remind you of Nancy Percy's statement. She's an evangelical author, and she said this, quote, America faces a fundamental choice, either the blessings of liberty or the servitude of liberalism. 
And in the political struggle for survival, she says, one or the other is headed for extinction. Well, we'd like to believe that, but of course we know better that liberalism will always be around. There will always be people that believe you know, that the smartest among us, the elite, are smarter than God. You know, that they know better than this mythical Christian or Jewish God. And so they're going to come up with their own set of ethics, their own worldview, their own perspectives. And they expect, of course, to be able to infiltrate and indoctrinate the minds of our young people who are simply going to universities, in most cases, to try to establish a career. You know, to get a degree that will allow them to be hired into the workforce. But no, they've got to be indoctrinated and only given one viewpoint by these universities. Now, the Bible says the heart of the wise inclines to the right, but the heart of the fool to the left. That's Ecclesiastes 10, verse 2. And that's not just a little quip there or a funny statement. In ancient thought, the right hand was the place of honor and favor, while the left hand was looked at with suspicion and disdain, and so became associated with that which was evil or that which was you know, inferior in that sense. And, of course, it's even used by Jesus himself in Matthew 25. You know this text, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all his holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory, All the nations will be gathered before him, says Jesus, and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And he will say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. That's Matthew 25, verses 31 to 41, kind of a condensation of it. But it makes the point that anyone that ultimately disagrees with the Maker has the freedom to do so. You know, the word choice is found in the Bible 71 times. God gives us free choice. We are, you know, we have free will, and we can choose to live in a way that we are blessed or a way that we're cursed. And, of course, most choose the cursed lifestyle, unfortunately. And that's why we have so many problems, so many addictions, you know, so many ruined relationships in this country today. It's a sad commentary, but we have a chance under this new administration and this shift to the right, because it wasn't just the presidency that was won by conservatism, But, of course, there were added seats across the nation at the local, state, and federal levels. And people, you know, rallied behind them because they believe in good old-fashioned Judeo-Christian ethics, which made this country what it is. Hey, it's been an honor and a joy to be the host of Kingdom News for the last six years. I've enjoyed it. Hope you've enjoyed it. And um, if you'd like to continue to hear the news from the biblical perspective, well, you can tune into the Nobody Knows Show on 1380. That's AM on the dial, just like 710, but 1380. You go to that at 9 o'clock at night on Sundays. I know it's late, 
but you'll get a two-hour overview of the news of the week from the biblical perspective and also from the Islamic perspective and the liberal perspective. And you'll get to call in. You'll be able to make comments. You'll be able to say hello. You'll be able to just talk if you'd like. And you may recognize the voice. That's the Nobody Knows Show. You can also access it by going to ktkz.com and pressing the live button. And don't forget to continue to pray for that permanent solution to mankind's problems. Thy kingdom come.